Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as I am every Wednesday by Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. You can check out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at Ekloski WTSP, and at Bucks underscore Nation. The Locked On NFL Draft Podcast has relaunched with brand new hosts. Eric Crocker brings the player scouting, and Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And just like the Locked On Bucks podcast and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, all Locked On shows are free and on all platforms. We love to say that. Evan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. You know, it's always nice doing these shows after a dub. So yeah. just uh, grind it. We got we got the Bucks doing well. The Rays are going to clinch the division this week to your chagrin as a, as a Red Sox fan. So, uh you know, and the Lightning are starting up soon. We got their first preseason game next week. Yeah, see, I am excited about the Lightning. And as I told uh, somebody on Twitter the other day, look, if the Red Sox get eliminated and the Rays find themselves in the World Series again, I will put the rivalry aside and hope that my dad's baseball team wins a World Series. And a lot of our listeners are Rays fans. So when they're happy, I'm happy. That's, you know, it's like happy wife, happy life, happy fan base. Uh, happy podcast host. That's right. We'll work. We'll work on the saying. I haven't. Re- that was just a split decision sort of deal right there. Yeah, I'll think about it on my drive to Oxford tonight on my way to my son's hockey practice. I'll see if <laughs> I can get a nice rhyme going. But let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons, Evan. The uh, they gave the Bucks a little bit of a scare there in the second half, but now Mike Edwards has more receiving touchdowns from Matt Ryan than any other player. So that's good. Mm-hmm. What, I like seeing that. What were your takeaways from the uh, what ended up being a blowout against the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, first off, last week I predicted that it would be a game where the Falcons would cover, and it looked like that was going to be spot on until the Falcons just completely collapsed. And shout out to Mike Edwards and his two pick sixes, uh, the first player since Rondé Barber to do that for this franchise. So him and Rondé Barber are the only ones that have ever done it. So congrats to him. Great moment. Uh, the, the biggest takeaways, honestly, are, A, uh, Antonio Brown was the guy left out this week. <laughs> Don't worry. Everyone's going to rotate. And as we get into the Rams matchup, I think Chris Godwin's going to be the guy out this week, as I think he will be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. So everyone's going to get their day. Uh, where they where they don't eat as much. And honestly, Antonio Brown's day would have been differently if uh, Brady hit him on a couple of deep shots. Mm-hmm. He was open in the end zone, underthrew him, and then there was another deep shot where Brady was almost picked because, again, he underthrew Antonio Brown. So it was there. Um, you know, it was just a Mike Evans day, which I think we all saw coming and what we said last week. Uh, the other thing is the defense stepped up late. And the defense had a lot of question marks, especially the secondary. They created a lot of pressure. They didn't get a lot of sacks, which is surprising. That's something Bruce Arians talked about the game, that they they do have to finish. They only have two sacks in two games. But he did say that he liked 
the pressure that his defensive front was bringing. And he said, when you hurry the quarterback, that's almost as good as getting a sack. That sometimes a sack is just a, a statistical thing. Hurries work just as well. So I, I love what they were doing and, and pushing that Ryan. And, and to Ryan's credit, he really was navigating in and out of the pocket in creative fashion. So the guy can still do that. Uh, he might have lost a little zip on his arm. Might have lost a little help around him, but um, that was impressive. And this defense is going to have to make big plays because I think as we go along the season, I don't know if the the secondary is going to be hold up, uh, holding up to just the amount of throws that are coming their way. I think I broke it down. The, the Cowboys and the Falcons combined have thrown the ball against the Buccaneers 104 times. And when you look at the rushing attempts by both teams, it was 38. So teams are they're just not even trying to run the ball against the Bucs. They're showing it just to prove that they can do it. But both teams, you know, haven't rushed for more than 60 yards on them. They know it's their strength. So if it's their strength, why are you just going to eat at their strength? They're going to run it once or twice a drive and for the most part attack the weakness. So for fans out there, just understand that by pure volume, which is what Bruce Aaron said, you're going to see the secondary giving up more yards. You're going to see more passing yards. It's just the nature of the beast. But the way you combat that over the course of four quarters, uh, turnovers and turnovers on down. And this defense made a lot of big plays and tipping balls and whatever it might be to really assert themselves in this contest. Sure, there was a lull there, and I think that's something where we saw the we saw the turnovers be an issue in Dallas, which was sloppy. Uh, in game two, we saw the team have a lot of success early and then kind of slump off and act like they won the game in the third quarter when, you know, the Falcons are still working their butt off. So, again, that's the other learning lesson. But both times they learn from wins. And now against the Rams, they're going to have to put forth a complete effort to beat that team. Because if they play like they did against Dallas and against the – Atlanta Falcons, I do not believe they will beat the Rams. Yeah, it, it's something that I actually said on, on yesterday's episode was that this defense, for as good as it is, um, and for as solid as it was during that postseason run, they're going to give up a lot of yards and a lot of points this year. And it's a product of their own doing. It's because they were so good. It's because that front seven was so dominant and, and can get to the quarterback that we've now seen two weeks in a row Offense is implementing quick passing, basically running through the air, a lot like what we've seen out of uh, Aaron Rodgers before Aaron Jones came to town. A lot of what we saw from Drew Brees before Alvin Kamara came to town. You know, these short, quick passes to try to generate yards and move the chains and get up and down the field without having to run the ball. It's it's now become a detriment for the Bucks defense because those pass rushers are getting close they're just not getting there fast enough, and that puts a lot of pressure on that secondary. And like you said, a, a team like the Los Angeles Rams, where Cooper Cup is just on another stratosphere with Matthew Stafford there, and, and we haven't seen the Robert Woods breakout that we all know is coming at some point. You have Tyler Higby there that could be a weapon at tight end, and the Bucks have shown now two weeks in a row that they're having a little bit of trouble with the tight end. You had uh, Schultz and, and Jarwin with Dallas being productive. You had Kyle Pitts looking productive for Atlanta. You know, Higby could be a problem too. So Todd Bowles has to get a little bit more creative and a little bit more innovative in the way he's going to get after 
Matthew Stafford on Sunday just because of the sheer fact of how these teams are attacking the defense. Yeah, and honestly, if I'm Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, mostly Todd Bowles, um, if Tyler Higby wants to pop off on me, I probably am okay with that. Mm-hmm. If that means that you're limiting Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, I mean Cooper Cup looks like an All Pro this yeah. year. Just the, I mean, we're two games in, so you know, I'm not saying that. You know, there's a lot of football they play. Having said that, um, Cooper Cup's issue has never been talent; it's always been injuries. So. Uh, the fact that he's healthy and he's got Stafford now as quarterback, it looks like the confluence of of two spectacular things working together. So uh, watch out. Um, Cooper Cup is going to have to be a major part of this game plan, and he's a difficult guard coming out of the slot. So, you know, you can put Carlton Davis on Robert Woods' duty, but they're going to have to be real creative to make sure that uh, Cooper Cup is not – slipping through the cracks and Bruce Arians mentioned after the win that um, McVay, ever since he's gotten in that the schemes and the concepts are pretty much the same. They know what to expect. The only difference is they're going downtown more with Matthew mm-hmm. Stafford. So they got to make sure that the deep ball doesn't burn them and Stafford, I mean, it's Stafford's at least shown back to back games where once or twice a contest, they're going to connect for a 40 plus yard reception and, and possibly a touchdown. Yeah, well, and, and we've seen now already the Bucks go from underdogs to favorites in this game. And if you're a braver soul than I am, I'm, I'm not going anywhere near this game uh, with, yeah. with the spread being the way it was. But if you're a braver soul than I am, of course, you can check out our friends at betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With new, with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code locked on from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Hey Bucks fans, this is James Yarko with an incredible app for everyone who buys gas. You need to know about this. Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot, that's me. I drive a lot. Stinking kids in their hockey. (laughs) They are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cashback. There's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon. Big fan of those. 
or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Segment two here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. It's a WTSP Wednesday. I'm here with my dude, Evan Klosky. And Evan, we are going to have a conversation that we started to kind of accidentally allude to in segment one, talking about some of the defensive issues that we've seen. Um, Obviously, we have to talk about the potential of Richard Sherman. The report came out Sunday. Uh, Bruce Arians confirmed that they have reached out to Richard Sherman, who's dealing with some things on his own, but bringing troubled players into Tampa with Bruce Arians under control and Tom Brady, a quarterback, is nothing new. Now, I'm curious what your thoughts would be on bringing in a Richard Sherman, which this is not the Seattle Seahawks Richard Sherman. This isn't even the first year in San Francisco Richard Sherman. This is a guy who would be relegated essentially to the maybe even number three corner once Sean Murphy Bunting comes back, but he is a capable body. He's an able body. He's a good football player. People just need to understand that he's not what he once was. And how would he fit with, with the Bucks? I mean, again, uh, I'm, first disclaimer, I'm suspending everything that's happening off the field. He's doing a lot of personal work. And again, that's, you know, my job is, is not to analyze that it's to analyze the football player. So I just Absolutely. want to throw that disclaimer out there. Okay. So now when we talk about Richard Sherman, the football player, I don't see why it wouldn't be a good fit for the box. A, they have a history of working through those off the field issues and, and integrating them into the locker room seamlessly uh, Two, he's a tremendous mind. The guy is been there, done that. He's won a Super Bowl. He's an all pro cornerback. He is smarter then, heck, I mean, he comes out of Stanford. And even if he's relegated to a, a smaller role when Sean Murphy, Bunt, Sean Murphy Bunting comes back, that's okay. Because guess what? He's going to be in that cornerback room helping all those young guys out, helping, you know, seeing seeing the game different ways. And, and like, having that year of experience with him in the room, I think, would be a great asset for, for a young secondary. So I think that's great. Uh, even even for a guy like Carlton Davis to to learn from him. So if if the money can work out, I don't see why you wouldn't do this, especially because we don't know when SMB is going to be be back. And in the meantime, at least you're bringing in somebody who has just oodles and oodles of game experience and understands what he's doing out there and could probably be a quick learner in this defense versus bringing in a younger, cheap option where you're going to have a lot more lumps to – to go through. So um, it's just, it's just one thing about Jason light and Bruce Arians. If they, they truly don't believe that he's going to mesh well in the locker room, they will not bring him in regardless of talent. If they do believe that and they, they can make the money work. And for me, if you're Richard Sherman, I mean, at this point in your career, you want to be part of another Super Bowl caliber team. I would imagine this would be extremely high on his list as far as places to go if he wants to achieve that accomplishment one more time in his career. So, um, as you mentioned, you're not getting Richard Sherman, uh, you know, the Legion of Boom days with, with the Seahawks. You're not getting that guy. But he is still talented. He still provides help in a desperate situation with injuries. So, for me, it's an upgrade 
over what you have sort of at the bottom of that roster when it comes to other options. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. And, you know, part of that report was that the 49ers, the Seahawks and the Saints were all interested at the start of free agency. And apparently nobody could come close to the money that Richard Sherman was asking for. And, And of course, Sherman serves as his own agent and, I don't know. Maybe he's willing to take that smaller deal. We've seen a lot of guys, uh, especially on this Buccaneers roster, they take a little bit of a smaller deal, knowing the cap is going to drastically increase next year. They take another run at a championship. Maybe Richard Sherman can get on the field, make himself a little bit of money now, turn it into a bigger pot of money uh, in, in 2022. But the Bucks don't have a lot of money to work with. And, and you and I were talking before we started recording the salary caps a myth. It's, it's Fugazi. It's Fugazi. Doesn't exist. Um, but that being said, they're, they're still going to have this breakdown. Thank you. Uh, they're still going to have to do some, some gymnastics to make it work. Cause if, if I looked at this correctly, the Bucks have less than a million dollars in cap space, even with the, uh, the wiggle room that Mike Evans cleared for them in restructuring his deal. Um, so it, it is interesting to, to take a look at it from that standpoint real quick before we moved on, move on to a voicemail also concerning the secondary. If the bucks are to get Richard Sherman, what is the corresponding roster move in your opinion they would make in order to free up that roster spot? Uh, it's probably the Delaney, you know, um, Look, the the 53 on this team is strong. Mm-hmm. And and I say this, there could be an injury this week against the Rams, and boom, there's your spot, goes on the injured reserve, and, you know, you have an opening. Having said that, I do not want to give up an offensive lineman. You just cannot. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, you need that depth. So that's not an option. And there's really – I mean – there's so many quality guys on this team that I, I need to go one for one. And Delaney's just sort of that guy who is the odd man out and he's probably picked up and you wish him well, but this is a win now team. And if you're bringing in Richard Sherman, you got to make tough cuts like that. And, and Delaney would be that, that decision, I think. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the conclusion that I came to. Should he clear waivers? I would see them bring Delaney back to the practice squad, probably get rid of Pierre Desir, which is a guy they just brought in to the practice squad. He's familiar with Todd Bowles, his days at the Jets, yada, yada, yada. But I think Delaney is kind of the the obvious choice there uh, if you're going to free up a spot for Richard Sherman. But real quick, before we move away from the secondary discussion and look ahead to the Los Angeles Rams, the first of two times the Buccaneers are going to play in that stadium in the 2021 season. We got a voicemail from our boy Manny in Atmore. What's up, gentlemen? This is Manny from Atmore. Um, Just wanted to share with you guys, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, or I don't know if it's just something that maybe we, the Bucs, the organization, coach, management, is thinking about. Um, But I, you know, I'm an OJ Howard fan and I saw him one, maybe twice in the Dallas game and they used him for blocking. And, uh, I just read about CJ Henderson and a possible ideal trade that would be for the Bucks, um, to fill in SMB spot while he's out. And of course he would continue to be a contribution to the team if, if that was the case. Um, 
I guess a lot a lot has to a lot will answer be answered this weekend when we play Atlanta and I'm not sure, you know, hoping to see O. J. and and seeing him play. I know that we have Bray, so if we traded O. J. we still have two pretty solid <coughs> tight ends and Bray has scores have proven proven more than than O. J. has and just sat to me up. I said it all throughout the offseason how, you know, we just kind of need to see what OG does this year or whatnot. But just wanted to talk to you guys and see if that would be, uh, you know, the subject of discussion. And, and, again, what do you guys feel about that? Just um, just brainstorming over here. And I love OJ and, and all that. But I don't know. We I think, I think in, you know, for us to be successful this year more than any other, more than last year even, I mean, our secondary has to be has to be on point, and I mean, you show how important that was last year for us to win the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, just throwing that out there and, and see if uh, what your thoughts are. Uh, just see what kind of analysis you guys can provide us with. Uh, always informational and educative. Uh, educative. So, thank you so much. Uh, God bless. Uh, go Bucks. Fire the cannon, baby. All right, Manny. Thank you very much for the call. Um, here's the thing. We we've talked and Evan, I, I realize this might be a little bit new for you, but David and I and much of, of Bucks fandom and, and Bucks media have talked for like the last three years about trading. Do they trade Cameron Brake? Do they trade OJ Howard? It's always a tight end. Yo, is this guy going to get traded? And it really ramped up last year after the acquisition of Rob Gronkowski. So here's the thing about the trade. Number one, it would actually in a roundabout way, maybe save the Bucks a little bit of money. OJ's on his fifth-year option, getting just a little bit over $6 million this year. C.J. Henderson is only in the second year of his rookie contract, so he's getting uh, a little more than $4.5 million, but there's a prorated signing bonus that I'm sure the Buccaneers would somehow, some way have to make up for. Um, but... Here, here's my big thing, and then I'll Evan, I want to get your thoughts on it. I like OJ. I do. But it's been five years of talking about his potential. And I realize him not living up to expectations isn't entirely his fault. He's dealt with some injuries. He's dealt with some problems that have kept him off the field. And it, it's not like it's reoccurring stuff. These are like fluky, one-time injuries. It just happens to keep happening to OJ Howard. But what you're having to ask now is, are the Jaguars willing to give up a guy in C.J. Henderson who could potentially be a, a very, very good defensive back for the potential of O.J. Howard in a rent-a-player year for a Jaguars team that's probably going to end up with the number one pick in back-to-back -back seasons? Is that worth it to them? I don't think it is. You know, it, it takes two to tango, and it, it's great to talk about these trades, and it's something that you know I would try to pull off in Madden, but the the logistics of it, of the Jaguars going out there and paying more money for a tight end that they're renting, essentially, for a little bit of time versus a guy who's on a team-friendly rookie deal for the next three years, possibly four, with the fifth-year option, it just, I don't think it's something that would would, would work out. So there are a few things. A, um, mostly agree with what you said. Um, the money is not going to matter for the Jaguars because they're not going to use it all, and it's going to be off the books next year. So if they wanted to take that money, the biggest asset coming back is not O.J. Howard. The asset coming back is the third-round pick that's going to be attached to that 
uh, OJ Howard when you make a deal. So I agree with you that I don't understand why the Jaguars would trade Henderson. Having said that, the reason why his name is floating out there is because it seems very obvious the coaching staff that came in is not a fan of his. So they kind of want to reset, get a pick back, send him on his way because they believe he's not up to snuff. So now the bigger question comes in. The Buccaneers are a win-now team. Mm -hmm. Getting C.J. Henderson does not help you win now. That's that's a long-term move, right? So for me, you bring in Richard Sherman, you bring in C.J. Henderson. Now we're cooking because now you got Sherman to kind of facilitate that role that you need with SMB out, and then you have this young electric prospect who hasn't necessarily hit the ground running after getting highly drafted, um, who can work under some guys and learn instead of getting thrust into action where he's continually kind of the game's moving too fast for him and, and nobody's pulling him back to kind of say, Hey, let's slow down. So um, if you get him, you have to believe that he's going to help you ASAP. And the problem is, I don't know if he's as good as what fans are thinking because they're attaching his talent to the draft pick and not attaching his, you know, the thought of him to what we've seen. And if he was that good, the Jaguars would not be floating him out there. That's concerning to me. Why are they floating this early round selection to get rid of him? That's, if I'm a GM, I'm like, what am I missing? What's the issue here? Why do you, you know, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, look, if you want to do that deal so that you can create a little bit more cap space to then get a Richard Sherman, I'm all for it. I just want fans to know that making a deal like this is not like getting CJ Henderson is not going to help your secondary. You know, he's just, he's still got a lot to learn. Like there's a, there's a reason he's in this precarious position in Jacksonville on Jacksonville, a team that is the epitome of a rebuild, a team that is at the bottom of the league and he is on the outs in Jacksonville. So let's just look big picture here. I just want us to all understand what we're talking about because it's a long-term play with CJ Henderson, which if I'm Jason light, you know, I might think about, Hey, we're going to lose someone along the way here. And maybe if we got him for cheap, we can extend that window while letting, you know, somebody else go, you know, maybe a Sean Murphy bunting is going to have to go by the wayside. And we got this guy with an extra two years under his belt or something like that. And we can slip him in with proper planning. But again, I, I, you know, there's, we would need a whole nother podcast to talk through the permutations of what this decision would have to be. And no matter what, it always has to come down to one thing. Who is going to help us win now? And OJ Howard, I understand what you said. He's not going to be back with the Bucks next year, almost certainly. So I get it. But he is coming off a really bad injury. He had six snaps week one. He had 11 snaps week two. It does seem like they're easing him back in. Mm-hmm. And over time, you're going to see him integrated more into the, pro- into the product. Same thing with Cam Brate. Remember, he missed some some training camp. He went from 18 to 21. I imagine he's going to stay around that 18 to 20 uh, snap count regardless. Uh, Gronk went from 57 to 51. So Gronk's coming out hot here, but he's going to get some help. You can't lean on Gronk the entire season, you know, because you're going to wear him down. So um, let's, you know, if it's there and you want to create something with it, great. 
If it's just a one for one and you're trading a third round pick for CJ Henderson, I don't know if I'm on board for it just because of where the bucks are at right now. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're you're watching your sports highlights on your phone. You've got the neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. Best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. A package that I just got in the mail the other day was a nice box of built bars. It comes mm. in nine. Oh, so good. So good, Evan. You guys know the flavors. Cherry, coconut, almond, coconut, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried them yet, I recommend getting a mixed box. You're going to get two of each of those. You're going to figure out which ones are your favorite. Not only are they the best tasting protein bars, they are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of of net carbs. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Wrapping things up here on a WTSP Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, Evan Klosky, A at J Yarko underscore Bucks at E Klosky WTSP. I can't speak today, apparently. I'm just tripping over my words. You know what happens. Uh, Sometimes it, you're just not seeing the ball the way you're supposed to. Yeah, I I I blame not having my nap. It's past my bedtime, Evan. That's mm-hmm. what that's what this boils nap, down to. It naps and bees. Yes. That's what we got here. Oh. Bees. Bees are the worst. Uh, But let's talk a little bit about the West Coast. Let's talk about Tom Brady's first career game in Los Angeles. How wild is that? Yeah. uh, He actually said that he's going to have tons of of friends and family actually going to that game. His parents will be there, his sisters, nieces, cousins. So um, he's going to be extra juiced. I mean, this is where he grew up. So, um, you normally have uh, a really motivated Brady, but him playing in front of his loved ones uh, in his own home turf, essentially, um, this is going to be a special game for him. We're going to go ahead and, and dive into uh, to your predictions here. Of course, David and I will give ours on the Friday episode, but uh, let's go ahead and start with your predictive player of the game. Who's going to be the big breakout star in this one? All right, so my player of the game, uh, and I feel like, uh, I feel like I've been doing pretty well. You're two uh, so for far two. in this. I feel like, right? Like I went Gronk and Evans. Yeah. Right. That was my. So uh, we're going back to Gronk, actually, Ooh. for this game. All right. So um, in game one, Cole Komet was able to have some success. Not not a crazy amount, but the receptions were there. Uh, then, then you go to the Colts. It was Jack Doyle also found success uh, right under Pittman was one of their leading receivers. So to me, it's looking like there's, there's something there with tight ends that they can find. Now, having said that uh, Gronk is going to be of focus um, 
since he has four touchdowns. Uh, Red Zone Robbie, I think, as he called himself yesterday on the uh, on the Monday night broadcast or two days ago, whatever. Um, so I, I think that Gronk, look, it, his day's coming where it's going to be like a one reception, 12, 12 yard game. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to have his stinker. I don't think this one's going to be the stinker. I think that Brady is going to find something with the tight ends and he's going to look his way. So um, I got another tutty for Gronk this week. I don't know about two tutties, but at least one tutty for Gronk. And I think he's going to be uh, a reliable option. I don't know if he'll lead the team in receiving yards. I just think when we look back at the game, maybe a third down conversion, uh, red zone stuff, I just think he's going to be a guy where we're like, man, Gronk is having a Pro Bowl season. Look at this guy still get it done. So Gronk, uh, player of the game this week. I I like it. Of course, I was kind of thinking, I was like, this, I feel like Evan's going to go with Rojo returning to Los Angeles too. That maybe he was going to break one off. That's really really funny you say that because what's your next question? Oh, your bold prediction. Bold prediction is the team rushes for 125 yards. I was going to go as far as Rojo rushes for 100, actually. I tapered off that because the rushing game just really has not looked that good. But I do think um, the ground and pound, we're finally going to see them go to it a little bit more in this game. I think this is the one where something's going to click. And I think Rojo is going to have his best game of the season thus far, which isn't that hard to do, but it's going to be when we look back on it, probably one of his better games. So I'm, I'm optimistic on Rojo, as long as he doesn't fumble, having a big game this week. But I do think that rushing attack, which I think has 125 yards, a little less than that total for two games, I think they're going to they're actually going to meet that mark against the Rams who have given up more than 100 yards on the ground back-to-back games. And these aren't against guys who are – tremendous players either um you know like the colts do have a nice stable there uh with with taylor and hines uh, montgomery went for 100 by himself in week one so um when it comes to the rushing attack it hasn't looked pretty for this team but i think this is the week that they get it done and we're like huh okay okay i see you all right well finally what is going to be your score prediction for this one I think this is going to be an awesome game. You mentioned the line movement, which to me, objectively, I see a lot of value with taking the Rams. I know it's a pick them essentially, but the Rams were favored by two and a half. And then all of a sudden it moves to Bucks favored by one. Why? What has changed? The Rams have been fantastic. What is like, usually that happens when there's like a significant injury or something. There's no significant injury. This is all public perception and, and the Bucks are amazing. Don't get me wrong, you know, but Entering the season, I had them down for five losses. I had four penciled in, and I gave myself one for a buffer. This was the one I had penciled in, and they have not really clicked for 60 minutes. And in the dead period, it hasn't looked pretty. I think the Rams are able to exploit that. I think it's the first time that we say, okay, it's time to right the ship. It's time to understand that, you know, you're – 80, 70% effort is great to be a lot of teams, but to beat guys like the Rams, who I think are going to be there at the end of the season, and and the Bucks might have to play them again in the postseason. Uh, to beat a team like this, you got to put it together for the entire game. The Rams are going to be jacked up. So they're a great team already, and you know they put a big, fat circle on this one. Mm-hmm. So they're saving stuff for the Bucks. Uh, 24-23 rams in a doozy i think the rams actually um you know they have the ball last 
and uh, they send it home. And that's sort of just one of those deals where Brady puts together a drive, gets them ahead, but there's a little bit of time left on the clock. And then Stafford pulls to Brady and gets him in field position. Boom. Game over. 24-23. Bucks suffer their first loss of the season. They're not going 17-0 people. So this is one where I think uh, the stinker's coming. Not to mention New England is next week. And <laughs> Brady's juice this week. I can only imagine the preparation for New England uh, on both sides. I mean, Bill is so pumped to give it to, to Brady on a defensive spectrum, and Brady knows that, and he wants to shove it right back. So I'm always like a look-ahead guy. I think there are no coaches will ever admit it, but there are look-ahead spots. I think the Bucks are in a look-ahead spot, and, um, and the Rams are circling this bad boy ready to go. So uh, even saying that 24 to 23 is a tremendous game. It just, I love, I love both of these teams. So I'm leaning towards a home squad. Rubbing the salt in the wounds that former Buccaneer kicker, Matt Gay would be the hero in this one for the, yeah. for the second year in a row. Right. That's Matt, right. Yeah. Matt Cause they Gay lost hit. last year yeah. uh, in that comeback effort on Monday night football. Yep. Uh, and Brady in a rare instance did not, come up clutch he threw that pick at the end of last year's game so i know that's haunting them a little bit too but um last year's last year whatever uh this is just two tremendous teams going at it i think it's going to live up to the billing and as i said the team's not going 17-0 so what are the games where i think they can stub their toe west coast Mm -hmm. on the road against a great team that's circling them they got the patriots next week that's where i'm leaning all right. Well, uh, I will give I will give my thoughts on it on Friday's episode, and uh, we will get your reaction to it next week on WTSP Wednesday, as we always do. Real quick, I do have to give a shout out to Josh Young, who beat my son in fantasy. Beckett is now zero and two in the Locked On Bucks fantasy league, um, and uh, a shout out to the Brady Bunch, uh, a, a listener of the show on Twitter at Destined for Greatness. 2-0, 316 points, leading the 12, or the uh, yeah, the 12 team league. Uh, he's he's tearing it up. Of course, Aaron Jones helped him tremendously on Monday that'll do it. Four four, tu- four tutties will do it. Yeah, a little bit, especially in a best ball. Uh, yeah, it was it was a big week for him. So it's these games have been pretty tight. So I'm really enjoying this this locked on Bucks fantasy league, and uh, yeah, I hope all of our fantasy uh, members and all of our listeners are watching the blitz with you guys and, and Simeon Rice every Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. It's the best pregame show out there. You guys have to make sure that you check it out. Make sure you're checking out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at Ekloski, WTSP, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Send us your emails to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to